welcome to another episode of the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. I'm Amitai Eshel, co-founder of Young Goose, the world's most innovative skincare brand. Joining me today is my co-founder and co-host, Anastasia Khojaeva. In this episode, we're excited to have Amber Berger, not only a wellness enthusiast, but also the co-host of the WellDrop podcast. Amber's personal journey through health challenges has led her to explore and share the benefits of holistic health and wellness. Today, we'll delve into her experience with health, motherhood, and her experience with Yangu's skincare, which significantly rejuvenated her skin. And we will discuss other aspects of her health and skin journey. Before we start, I want to share a review from one of our valued biohacking beauty listeners. So Kimberly is saying, love this podcast, always insightful and inspiring. It's helped me rethink my skincare routine and overall health approach. If you haven't already, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even a simple one word of encouragement can help us grow and reach more people with valuable health and beauty insights. Now, without further ado, let's get into our fascinating conversation with Amber Berger. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Biohacking Beauty Podcast. This time, we're also graced with the uh, presence of Anastasia and, uh, and Amber. Amber, welcome to the podcast. Super excited to, to have you. Thank you for having me today. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So listen, obviously, you are. Uh, we consider you a friend. You're also an amazing uh, person with an amazing journey. So um, something that, that I, I've been uh, doing recently as far as like uh, starting podcasts, because it always is a little weird. How do you start a conversation, you know, off the bat? But what I've been doing recently, I think it's, it's, uh, it's very interesting that most of the people that are in the health wellness community, you see two kinds of people. The majority of people ha- has had some health challenge themselves. They had some interaction with allopathic medicine. They found a path that's right for them, whether within it or outside of it. And now they kind of want to share with the world or it kind of opened up something within them. And then the minority are nerds like like myself that are just like obsessed with the the wonderful thing that is a human body. So maybe we'll start with that. What category, Amber, do you you belong to? So I definitely belong to the first category. I have a pretty interesting wellness journey. I think that I was really put here to help people. I was born with intestinal atresia and had surgery at one day old. So I never really thought about as I've grown up, but just recently, you know, kind of looking back at life, you know, that was probably a profound experience, you know, subconsciously for me. And then I was diagnosed with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, also known as JRA at 11. And I was a competitive dancer at the time and my right knee started swelling my elbow and I had to stop dancing and was given high doses of aspirin in order to manage it and was on that for at least a year, which then led me to, I'm all about connecting the dots. So I'll be connecting the dots for us. As I explain my journey, I was diagnosed at 14 with Crohn's disease. I got sick actually Christmas Eve of 1994. I'll never forget it. I had stomach aches and they just wouldn't go away. And I had surgery to remove part of my intestines at that time. And it was after that experience, actually, I really believe in the power of community and leaning into your community. A lot of times when people have a health challenge, they like to keep it private and keep it quiet. And thank God that my family did not do that. We really leaned into our community and asked people, doctors, friends, you know, this is what we're dealing with. You know, do you know anybody who's either had this before or that could help us? And through asking, we got introduced to the Macrobiotic Institute, thanks to my aunt who lived in LA and a client of hers had gone there. And so I guess I'm naturally an explorer. And my mom and I just went 
not knowing anything. I didn't even know the term. This is way before the term macrobiotics was even a known thing. We went to this institute in the Berkshires, not knowing anything, and really the doors opened for me at about 14, right before I turned 15 years old. And I learned about Eastern medicine, Eastern self-care practices, the power of food, energy of food. And I never took medicine after I had my surgery. They wanted to put me on steroids and that was sort of the lifetime protocol. And it's kind of interesting today, my son has since been diagnosed with the Crohn's who does not carry the Crohn's gene. That was, he has a other journey, I think, um, to discuss at a later time. But even today now, the same protocol, it's not steroids, but now they use biologics and it's just medicine forever. And thank God through the Macrobiotic Institute, I really, I saw people with crazy cancers, death wishes. I mean, they should not be surviving. And through food, I saw them come back to life in just the one week I was there. And that really shifted everything for me. And since then, it's been, gosh, I don't know, however many years, I'm 43 now. Mm -hmm. I have always leaned into just eating real food, number one. I think we've become a packaged society. So eating real food, I think, is so important. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the quality of your food. And I really, you know, as I've gotten older and I realized maybe that I, I didn't know, I knew I did things differently. I always went food shopping in the organic markets and my friends would, I'd be the only one going, but that's how I've always been. And once I became a mother, it actually really became more obvious to me that I really do things differently. And I would help share with my friends and educate them on why was I making my own food? Why was I buying organic? what is the dirty dozen and the clean 15? So if you can't do all organic, you know, what are the ones to really be, you know, everything is about choice. So we all have choices and it's up to you to decide like what you wanna choose. And I think education is really important so that you know that you're making an educated choice and not just, yeah, I think we put, we've, because of Google, we've outsourced so much, right? We just like Google everything and I really, believe I created the Well Drop podcast in order to help empower people to really come back and own their wellness. And there's nothing better than you feeling like you're in control of your health and wellness rather than putting the power into other people's hands. You know, definitely seek advice and get advice from everyone. But at the end of the day, you make that decision for yourself and following your intuition and really your gut, you know, really kind of leads you to where you're supposed to go. Yeah, and it's interesting you're mentioning that, you know, transitioning into motherhood from from your childhood and now into motherhood. As an expecting mother, <laughs> I I really wanted to get a little bit more insights on, you know, what was the reason that you started the Well Drop podcast? And since we're already bringing it up, maybe you can share with our audience, what do you guys discuss on the podcast? How did you get to it? And yeah. Yeah, so... The Well Drop Podcast is a wellness podcast that is for the wellness curious mom, and it is to empower, giving them the tools and actionable tips to empower them to own their wellness. And I think that motherhood really changes you in an amazing way, and it really brings out that mama bear in you that you will do anything for your child and anything for your family. And it's such a powerful thing. It maybe even starts in pregnancy, but of course, once the baby even arrives, it just takes this other side of you. You didn't even know you had in you. And, you know, I think we really want, so my partner, Dina and I, she has three kids. I have two kids and her, you know, had, she had her own health challenges with her children. And I always came at it due to my own personal experience, you know, to, living life a certain way. And so we would share all of our doctors and our go-to tips and we would share everything. And it was actually over COVID, we kept talking so much and we're saying, oh my God, we really, I guess, need to start a podcast. It's how are we going to share all this knowledge that we have and the time and the effort that we've really put in? How can we help give this knowledge to people in the most efficient manner? And so that's really what the inspiration was behind creating The Well Drop was to help share our knowledge and we are experts and finding the experts and really helping to sift through the noise because I think the term wellness is such a broad term. I think it's very overwhelming for most people. And 
especially as a mother, you really have to get good at managing your schedule and becoming more efficient. And like the older the kids get, the busier it is, bigger kids, bigger problems. You never know what's coming at you. You never know what it's going to be. So how at the end of the day, usually the mom, or at least one of the parents is sort of like, you know, the nucleus of the family. And it's like, you have to be strong. People always say, you know, on the airplane, you put your get your mask on first before you help the other person. And even in today's day, it's really hard to do that. So we want to give people the tools to show them actually how to make it happen. And it just starts with like little steps. And we love offering things that are free and accessible. Like the first step could be, okay, what do you do first thing in the morning? And usually most people will be grabbing their phone or running to their kid's room, but shifting the behavior. And so I know even from my own life, because I've lived a holistic life for so long, you know, small changes over time really do lead to very large and impactful results. Like I feel like when you start creating new habits, I rather just feel like that is part of your life rather than you're working so hard to do these certain things. So you just make those small tweaks and then it becomes normal. And then once that feels normal, then you make a new tweak and you're just kind of like climbing up that staircase. And as you climb up that staircase, all of a sudden you like turn back and you look down and you're like, wow, like hmm. it's like pretty impressive. I'm pretty high up here. You know, like I've like gone pretty far. And um, I think there's nothing better than a mother who has their energy and feels good and a happy mother creates a happy family. And I think women, we are natural people pleasers. And the reason why we're focusing on moms is because I think the female is, you know, we're natural pleasers. And so it is harder. The mom guilt is really real. And it's very hard for us to sometimes like step into ourselves and put ourselves first, but it takes that extra effort. And then once you do it and it becomes habit and it, the earlier you start, right? Like, starting even now, you're doing it for yourself and holding on to that, whatever those habits are, when your child arrives in this world, that will only keep you being feeling like you, first of all, right? Like you're just getting now an added title to your list, mm -hmm. but you're going to remain like really smart and like keep the clarity and brain fog. And I, it's really, really powerful. And I think it's really essential in today's day and age. For sure. And uh, we we feel so lucky that we got to be on your podcast, you know. Yeah. I love having you. you guys on my podcast. I mean, I guess I'll share with your audience how we first met. We met actually at the biohacking conference and I didn't even know I was a biohacker. I never used that term, but I definitely am a biohacker. I'm always self-experimenting on me. I am all about efficiency. So how do you get the maximum results with like the least amount of inputs? And it wasn't until I was walking around, I said biohacking skincare. I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that, but that's genius. So I came over and I was like, tell me, what is this? And basically I met both of you and you guys really educated me on, you know, I knew of NAD, but I didn't ever think of it for skincare. And you really educated me a lot on your different products. And just so that everyone knows, I am a complete simpleton. I am not a big beauty person. I like my few things, but I don't like, I don't have like drawers full of makeup or anything. Like, right. I'm not even wearing makeup now. I don't really, I don't wear makeup me and neither. I was not in the market to try something new. But after speaking with you, I said, okay, I have to try it. And so... I bought a bunch of things. My favorite thing actually is your SPF. I think it's wonderful. I live in Miami and I go wake surfing almost every week with my girlfriends. And so managing, you know, the sun damage has become a big thing. So I've tried so many different facial SPFs and yours, I will say from like the first time I even tried it, like I don't get burned at all. It works really well, whatever combinations of ingredients you have in there does the trick. And I've been, you know, such a fan of your product line. I had my skin checked. I actually, before I ever started using Young Goose, I had had my skin tested to get my skin age. And I think my skin age was about 38 at the time. I think I was 40 when I had my skin checked for the first time. And then last, after using your products for, it must be at least a year, I got my skin checked a few months ago and my skin age went down by two years. That's the, the proof is in the pudding. Exactly. And uh, we actually want Before anyone uh, checks our website, there is no young goose pudding. Okay. <laughs> yes, but we actually did want to talk a little bit about the Vizia scan and like maybe you can share 
how did you find out about this technology and why did you decide to trust it and test it and retest it for those of those of the listeners that never heard of it? Yeah, so I didn't even know this machine existed. I went to go get a facial. I'm a person, I've always gotten facials. I would say one of my biohacking skincare things um, that I learned from my mom was, you know, the importance of getting monthly facials, quarterly facials, whatever you can actually, you know, number one, of course, afford and schedule in. And a lot of dermatologists actually sort of poo-poo facials, which I always find interesting because they're much more into, you know, promoting their lasers and this and that, which I think is great as well. But I think cleaning out your skin, moisturizing your skin, mas massaging your skin, that really helps to like bring the blood flow. And I can only say after looking at my mom, my mom has a beautiful skin. And so if I can look a hair like her, she is my inspiration. So facials has always been a big part of my wellness routine. And in this facialist place in Miami, they had this face machine called Vizia. And so part of your first facial was a free skin analysis. So I sort of walked into it. I wasn't looking for it. But then since then, my friends are like, where did you get this done? So we've looked up, you know, the machine and I've sent it all over, you know, wherever they could find it that they have them, you know, depending on the city that you're in, they do exist. So go check out their website if you want to get your skin analyzed. They're in doctor's offices, dermatologists and other facial estheticians as well. And so I thought it was really interesting once I saw, you know, my skin, what the age was and UV damage and brown spots and red spots. It was fascinating. I love having data. And I feel like you guys are very similar. Like, give me all the information. I love to analyze data. I'm sort of like a research nerd. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And then I figured, you know, I hadn't really started weekly surfing at that point. That was just the very beginning when I moved here. So I've been really surfing for now it was like two years because I think I did the next scan last year. And I've been very cognizant, my friends. I actually just won a trophy in our holiday surf yesterday oh. for Coastal Grandma Chic because I am always very covered. <laughs> Long sleeve shirts. I mean, I'll even now wear pants that are bathing suits. I'm crazy because I know the sun is so strong and we don't even realize it. I just think of always the compounding effect. It's not about today. Exactly. It's accumulated damage. Yeah. Talk to me in 10 years. Talk to me in 20 years. Like that's where the problems, you start to see them. So I'm always, I'm coastal grandma, but it's okay. <laughs> I like it. No, congrats. And and I see your videos from time to time of wake surfing. You're like really a pro, so you deserve that trophy. Oh, no, I'm not that good. My friends crush me. They're really amazing. <laughs> but we have a good time. We have fun. But the sun damage is concerning. And so after using your products, I mean, definitely the sun damage has gone down because the protection that it's providing and whatever yeah. anti-aging stuff in the ingredients, all I could say is proof that it, it works. Well, you know, that's one of the um, things that we are not talking about a lot, but is, is extremely, extremely, extremely important is actually, you mentioned NAD before, which is this little molecule that's basically in charge of any repair process. It, it, it fuels it. And sun damage and this accumulation that you're talking about over the years, DNA damage that is irreparable to some extent, which UV uh, creates, is probably the number one, you know, burden on NAD in your body that UV damage, that is the thing that depletes NAD the most. So, I mean, of course, we hear now a lot of people within the biohacking community saying, oh, it's either you want to live a long time or you want your skin to look good as far as like exposing themselves to the sun. But, you know, I believe that you can expose your belly button or your, <laughs> your thighs rather than your face and neck and chest and you can get all the benefits without the, uh, obviously, the harmful side effects. But actually, I do want to ask, ask you something about, you mentioned, you know, being a mother, you mentioned, you know, uh, we didn't even talk about the, um, the other things that you're doing in life, but you did mention surfing. That seems like a lot. So I wonder, how do you prioritize self-care in your daily routine? How does it look like you know, what specific practices you find that are most beneficial to your health, obviously to skin health as a whole, but but also to your health as a whole. Yeah. So I am an entrepreneur, so I'm always doing a lot of things. Sometimes people don't understand it. I thrive most when I have two full-time jobs. 
a lot of people think that's crazy. But that's sort of my my balance. I think maybe both sides of my brain. So I am in a luxury real estate agent as well as you know a co-host of the Well Drop podcast. And in order for me to, and I'm a very involved mom as well. So I take my kids to school every day. I pick my kids up from school every day. And I think the first thing I started once my daughter was two, because I realized I was getting really depleted. My daughter's amazing, but I say she's two people in one. She's, <laughs> she's a big personality. So I was really starting to feel drained. I said, okay, something has to change here. I need to get my stuff together. And my first thing that I started doing was actually, and it's so simple, but it was really so powerful for me, was to start making myself, I was making myself a matcha in the morning or even your coffee. And I would add adaptogens into my coffee every day. And in addition to MCT oil and just the act of actually before I woke up the kids, I woke up five minutes earlier and I made myself my coffee. And just that act of doing something for me first was, I think, the step in the right direction as a mom of how do you set the tone for the day? And I think that it's more important than we even give it credit to. It's such a simple thing. I do want to interject. You mentioned uh, adding adaptogens to your coffee. A company, obviously, we're not involved with. But uh, what changed for me the um, ease of introducing uh, adaptogenic mushrooms to my food, to my drink, is having them lick in liquid form. There is a company called Cycle something. I don't know. We have oh, a I bunch of. I don't know that one. I yeah, my more powders. Yeah, I I really like the idea of having them in liquid form. To me, it's it it makes everything much much easier to use. Yeah, definitely send that to me. I would love to yeah. check them out. I have a bunch of samples of the adaptogenic matcha that I can send you away. Have you tried Everyday Dose? No, I haven't yeah, tried that. I'll send them too. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, I'd love to try that. And one other thing that I, I actually haven't been doing that as much, but what I also added was oil pulling in the morning, which my partner Dina finds hysterical. And it sort of set the tone for the morning that instead of like a chaotic morning of get up and let's go, I actually couldn't really speak. So I would wake the kids up quietly and sort of hum a song or something. And it was a more like peaceful way of starting the day where they had to sort of do their chores of getting dressed, brush their teeth, where I couldn't like sit there and really, not that I don't shout, I'm not a, a yeller, but I had to like kind of more guide them physically. And it was only for five minutes because I would start before I woke them up. And I think that that was actually a really great way to start the day. So I would do the oil pulling and then I had my coffee ready and then I would have my coffee when I was done. You know what it reminds me? It reminds me when we're guests in some, uh, in some more religious Jewish family and there's a, like a Friday dinner. And after you wash your hands, you, you, you can't talk until obviously you eat the bread. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of the same. You have all the noise of, a, of an Israeli Jewish uh, family and everyone's, you know, there's five stories going at once. Everything is going crazy. And then you have this quiet uh, and people are basically humming whatever they want for a while there until, until uh, you eat. I know so that exactly. kind of reminds me. I know exactly what you're talking about. I didn't even think about that, but it is such a perfect correlation. Yeah. There's something nice about creating sort of a forced silence and not for that long, but it just sort of sets the tone for the day. And you're kind of starting your day off in a calmer tone than, you know, loud. And I'm also curious because you mentioned you're an entrepreneur. I know, I'm sure lots of our listeners are entrepreneurs and um, I'll say for me during this pregnancy, I, I just realized that I can't go on the way I used to go, you know, have to like prioritize self-care and make time for it. And it's been very difficult. It's been like the hardest thing <laughs> during this pregnancy was to try and shift my mindset that, okay, like I'm not the same. I have a, this extra job that I'm doing that I, I can't no longer like, you know, think that it's just my body is going to do it on its own. I have to make time. Um, kind of like to, for myself and for my body to do its best job. So you mentioned that you started slow and you started incorporating those practices, but did you practice something like 
putting it on your calendar or like writing it in your journal? Like, how did you make sure that it's not just a one-time thing, that you didn't yes. do it just once? You so know? I think this is a great tip that a friend of mine, I just saw her doing it for herself. This wasn't necessarily for um, self-care practices, but I incorporated it into my self-care routine. So I'm very efficient. I'm all about efficiency. So scheduling, I live by my calendar. If it's not in the calendar, it does not get done. So I think a first step would be that on sun Saturday or Sunday nights to go through to sort of plan out the week to ensure that you have, you know, something built in for you, whatever that is, or even to make sure if it's not that week that you have it within that month. And so any appointment, whatever it is, that, if it's outside of your home, or even if you're bringing somebody into your home, that self-care, whether it be a massage, a facial, you know, a sauna, whatever that is, that you schedule it in. And then the next time you don't wait, you always schedule it like for the next time that you're going to have it. So then it's already baked into your calendar so that all of a sudden, and you'll kind of forget, you know, say you, you book it at three weeks at a time. Now, all of a sudden, the three weeks comes up and it's already in your calendar. So you're planning your week and you already know that time slot is off. Or you can even put it in, you know, as me time. If you're going to slot okay. it in for every day, if that's 30 minutes and you, I'm all about block time blocking. So time blocking in your calendar and you figure out, like, I know me, I'm, especially for an entrepreneur, like I do my most work in the morning, my deep work. So I will block off, you know, for my work time. Like I won't answer calls. I am just like in deep work and you will get so much more done. Uh, a friend of mine just started working from home and just started to realize, oh, wow, there's so much more I get done. I'm like almost having a half day now because I'm not sitting here and talking and it's so nice to be social. But like, if you really want to get things done, block off time in your calendar for you however often that is, daily, weekly, monthly, and just keep putting that in for the future weeks and months. And so you'll always have that time scheduled for whatever it is that you want to engage in for self-care. And I think that is like a perfect way to just start. And that ensures that it's already baked into the calendar. So as you start planning, it's already there. So you just will plan around it. Because if you that. don't do that, I found that I was forgetting and missing and then I wasn't scheduling. So I think just getting really particular and being really efficient with your scheduling is the key. Yeah, I agree. Hey there, this is Amitai, co-founder and CEO of Young Goose and uh, host of the Biohacking Beauty podcast. I wanted to take a brief moment to share something really special with you, our dedicated listeners. At Young Goose, we've always been about more than just skincare. We are about cellular care. We believe in not just addressing the signs, but truly diving into the very source of skin aging. The reality is, as time goes on, our skin undergoes damage, and this damage accumulates gradually leading to those signs of aging we all see and know very well. But what if we could hit the rewind button? What if we could delve deep, in, uh, not into the layers of the skin, but into the life-sustaining mechanisms of our skin cells? That's exactly what we're doing at Young Goose. We're pioneering a renaissance in skincare by employing principles from regenerative medicine. By rejuvenating and restoring the cellular functions, our products aim to rewind time, gifting your skin a youthful, vibrant glow. And for our biohacking beauty listeners, we have a special treat. Head over to younggoose.com right now and use the code PODCAST10 to get 10% off your first purchase. Discover the magic of truly transformative skincare. And hey, because we value our returning customers just as much, use Podcast 5 on your subsequent purchases to get 5% off. And the best part that this can discount can be combined with subscriptions and our already discounted systems. So why wait? Dive deep into the realm of regenerative skincare with Young Goose and let your skin thank you. Remember, it's not just skincare, it's cellular care. And now back to our conversation. So again, entrepreneurs, obviously uh, a few businesses going at once, everything going together. 
And I have crazy ADHD. So that's obviously a recipe for disaster already. But one of the best pieces of information, one of the best tips I've ever gotten is basically, it's called the closing circuits, reference to electri- electronics, anyone. But um, it means whatever you started, you have to finish it in that instance. You can never rely on your memory. You can never rely on your on your brain to like yeah. conjure it out of nowhere whenever you need it. No, you gotta, you know, you gotta set continuity, whatever that is, and then you move on to the next thing. Right. Like don't put it on your to-do list actually. Instead of putting it on the to-do list, schedule it. Like that's the big difference. Cause I think it could you could stare at your to-do list and just keep staring. Like I know how my to everyone's to-do list is probably so long. You just keep staring at the word day after day, but like no no no. Don't stare at it, just schedule it and then it'll happen. And just know, schedule for the next one too before when you're done with actually engaging in that activity, schedule it for when you're coming the next time. And that's the only way and you keep building on that and you will make sure that you know that it's going to happen. Because I I can say, you know, I think a lot of people's, their first self-care is exercise, right? That's like mm-hmm. an easy attainable one. And for me, I actually used to work out at night twice a week. And on Sunday mornings, I had my routine pre-children. And it was actually the one thing that when I had my child that my husband and I discussed, and I said, this is really what brings me joy. And like, this is an amazing stress reliever for me. And so we prioritize like those were the times that I would go to the gym and then we would make sure that either my husband was available and that we had somebody to help out with the kids. And I really held on to that. And I think that that really helped to just kind of set the tone, at least in early motherhood of prioritizing something that was important to me. And then from there, I started, right, building onto that. Then it became about making my coffee and doing the oil pulling. And then, you know, you keep adding onto those layers and also evolving with it, right? It doesn't have to be so stringent. So like maybe a one month or two, you may be craving this, another month or two, you're craving something else. And also being gentle with yourself and flexible, but definitely scheduling it in. You can always cancel. Yeah. Yeah. I vouch for that approach because like just about a month ago, we, Amita and I found ourselves in a position that we didn't have time for lunch. We didn't schedule lunch and there was just meetings, calls all the way through. So yeah, we, we weren't getting enough food to sustain ourselves. Schedule. So definitely scheduling. And, and off air, we kind of talked about the fact that so many people right now are transitioning from office life into working from home. And that's an adjustment because when you're in the office, you usually have a scheduled break. It's just like an office culture. But when you're at home, you have to be your own boss and doing that. And speaking more of what really we talked of air and more of you being an entrepreneur, we kind of wanted to just learn about your experience creating Salt House. And also for some of our listeners, you know, they maybe are not familiar with halotherapy. So what are the benefits of that? Why did you do it? You know, how do you practice if you practice any of it today? Yeah, absolutely. So Salt House was created out of a need. One fall, my husband had a nagging cough that would be fine all day, but every night he would start hacking. And, you know, a mother of two, sleep is everything. So it was really affecting my sleep and I felt like I couldn't function. So I started researching because that's what I do. And I love to help, you know, problem solve. So what is the solution to this? And we ended up coming to Florida around that time. And I don't even remember how I came to salt therapy, but maybe it was from my parents. It was actually a bigger trend. This was funny in Florida than New York. So there were a couple salt therapy places in Florida. So when we were down, I said, let's go. It's supposedly halotherapy is salt therapy. And it's supposed to be very good for your respiratory system. And what halotherapy is, is they infuse a room with dry, salty air and just sitting in the room and breathing in the air is the treatment. Super simple and easy. So we went, didn't know anything, walked in. It was sort of a medical office vibe. And after one session, his cough went away. And I was floored. I said, what is this? What is halotherapy? And why isn't this everywhere? This is amazing. You know, 45 minutes, you don't have to change your clothes. So it was a white space because there wasn't any place in New York City, actually, to get halotherapy, which I thought was shocking because I don't 
I didn't associate at the time Florida with necessarily a wellness community. It's really evolved post COVID, but pre COVID, not as much. And so I thought to modernize the experience and then also open it up where you can have an adult experience and you can have a family experience. And I'm really passionate about introducing kids to wellness at a young age. And so Salt House was born and it was about making wellness approachable and accessible for all ages. And so you would come in and you would sit in a room. It was a really zen, clean environment. We had Himalayan salt on the floor. So you wore socks. So you had a grounding energy of feeling your feet touch the floor and the salt would get infused in the room. And we actually played at the time. People didn't know what we were doing, but I was playing binaural beats for, you know, relaxation, stress release. It was a little, I didn't want, I wanted to be modernized. I didn't want it to feel too woo-woo. So it was a really modern approach to wellness, even though, and they would walk out, you would say people would get transformed. They would come in with their shoulders and tense, and they literally would leave a different person all in 45 minutes. And it was such an amazing experience to see kids. They had sand toys and they would play on the floor. So they didn't even know if you had an ear infection, if you had a cold, they would come in and just play, but they were actually detoxifying their respiratory system. And even it's great for allergies. It's a, it's a wonderful treatment, but then COVID happened and we were going to expand and fundraise and we closed our doors and I decided not to fundraise and reopen because at the time, you know, the concept, it's pretty laughable now is sitting in a room with strangers and breathing. And also from that experience, it was not very COVID friendly. I became breathe certified. I became a master breathwork coach in addition. And I learned from my training of that, that around age five or six, your breath shifts from your utilizing your diaphragm into your upper chest. And so I sort of combined the two of breathwork and halotherapy and help teach adults and kids how to shift back their breath down into their diaphragm. Because if you breathe with your diaphragm, like the way we are born, if you think of a sleeping baby or an animal, they're utilizing their diaphragm to breathe, right? You inhale, your belly expands, exhale, your belly contracts. And when your breath gets shifted up into your upper chest, it leads to a host of issues that people don't even connect. And again, back to connecting the dots, it leads to digestive issues, anxiety, brain fog. I mean, you name any issue anyone is dealing with today, the source, and it's a free tool, is just to tap into your breath as a first step and see how you can normalize your system and go from you know sympathetic to parasympathetic, flight or flight to rest and digest. And so that was the inspiration behind Salt House. And then in COVID, I actually ended up getting my real estate license and partnered with my brother because I was advising, I moved to Miami. I was advising a lot of friends of friends about Miami. And it was actually through that experience that I got inspired and realized, you know, so much like you mentioned, people are starting to work from home. That was kind of the beginning of remote work and people have been home more than ever before. And really your home now had to become your sanctuary. And so living at home and homes inside can actually be way more toxic than the outside air. And people thought about that at first with some air purifiers, but then they kind of forgot. So Mm -hmm. I am really passionate about wellness at home and sharing that mission of, you know, teaching people what are those small ways that you can help clean up the inside of your house from the soaps that you're using, the detergents, your air filters, air purifiers, plants. Um, there's so many little ways and that if you don't live in a healthy home, I don't care what you do, you're never going to be healthy. And so it's almost starting at home first before you even change your diet. And I'm sure so many of our listeners would love to, to learn those ways. So what is the best way for them to consume this information from you? Yeah. So we will be covering a lot of that at the well drop mm-hmm. uh, podcast. So you can also, our website will be launching next week, thewelldrop.com, sign up for our newsletter. And we are all about giving you just actionable tips every week, quick takeaways of things that you can add into your everyday in order to feel your best selves. And everything will be in the show notes. We'll we'll make sure that it's easy and accessible. And I think just before we wrap up our conversation, we started with talking about 
the health issues you experienced as a child. And we talked about your adult life, motherhood. And you mentioned that you're very passionate about exposing your children uh, or just in general, like advocating for children to be exposed to wellness at an early age. And we recently attended an event where I'm not going to mention names, but the family was on stage and the, the kids were kind of like, you know, they, they said the rehearsed speech of how they're the youngest biohackers ever. And there was like a five-year-old that was promoting PEMFMED and red light therapy. And while it's cute and it's adorable, I don't think it's necessary. I think there are so many things we can talk now about where people can start. Like, you know, the easy things that come to my mind is that, you know, making sure that the children look at the sunlight when they wake up to set their circadian rhythm grounding but i'll pass the mic to you because you are the mom and you know i just have my ideas for now jotted on my you know plan but i would love to know what do you do yes so i think there's so many ways to start it's funny actually dina's kids sit on a pemf mat I don't know if it's daily or weekly, but they're older, you know, so I don't think at five you necessarily need it. And it's specific to like what you have. Like if your child has anxiety, that might help shift them, you know, at nighttime to be prepared for bed. But I am, you know, food is my number one. So I think starting with food, even you'll see it becomes a challenge. You're packing snacks for your kids when they're in nursery school, you're packing lunches. And my kids are known they have the healthy snacks. Since they were little, they're begging for Ritz crackers and Oreos, and I absolutely refuse. And I just lay that groundwork from the beginning of you will not have that. I know you do eat it, but I will not pack that for you at school. So anything that's fresh fruit, vegetables, protein. I'm actually a very big fan of beef sticks. I love Paleo Valley's beef sticks. I think if you do a combination of protein and carbs, you know, we're an over-carb society, that, that's fine. But you have, if you have the, it's all about right food combos. And like the kids need that too. If you're just running off of carbs, your glucose is going to like spike up and crash back down. And that's going to make you tired and cranky. And nobody wants a cranky child. So you always try to have, and just teaching your children, eat protein first and then eat whatever else you want on the plate, your vegetables. Try to eat those things like protein, vegetable, carb, Carbs are always the best. Leave them for last. Don't start with them because then you're never going to get to the other foods. And I actually take my kids with me to the grocery store. I have a 12-year-old and a 9-year-old. And even though they know mommy likes healthy things, I we were shopping. This was for Super Bowl last year for tortilla chips to do guac and chips. And so we went down the aisle. You know, there's so many brands. I said, find a bag that's organic. Let's start there. Turn it around. I showed them. I think it's more important for me, I personally believe, don't read the nutritional label, start with the ingredients. Everyone mm -hmm. just starts with the nutrition label. Look at the ingredients, see what is in there. So I taught the kids where the ingredients is on the backside of you know a package. Now read me the ingredients. If you can't pronounce them, then that's not a real food. And so maybe let's see if there's a better choice. And again, back to choices, right? We'll go through and pick out if it was two or three bags and then compare them. Okay, which one do we think has the least amount of ingredients, ones that you actually can pronounce and understand? And then we choose the best of the choices available. And that, again, leads to like, I want to empower my kids to make those choices. But if you don't teach and educate them, then they're never going to know because it's so easy to fall into, you know, just buying things and giving it to them. But at some point, they're going to not always live in the house. And I want them to make choices for themselves. And now that I've kind of held back, sugar is a big one for kids. And it's very hard even in schools. I mean, there's so much sugar in these packaged goods. My kids can feel when their sugar is too high, and it doesn't feel good. And now they can make that association. And when you eat a clean diet, you start to connect with your body, right? I think that's... Yeah. A big one. And then for biohacking, I have an infrared sauna at home. I love it. That was a big treat to myself post-COVID. And when my kids, if they're under the weather or if their muscles are sore from sports, I have them come in with me for five to 10 minutes, not that long. So I would say that's like our biggest biohack, but I'm a big believer in, you know, magnesium baths, Epsom salt baths, just for natural detoxifying your body every day. And starting there, right? Think about the sheets that they're sleeping on. Are they organic? Are their pajamas organic? What are we doing the most in our house? Yeah. 10 hours a day, we're sleeping. So making sure that's clean before. I love the tech too, but sometimes I think their bodies are so little. I go back to the breathing 
and, you know, just try to have them be mindful of their breath. And actually, one other thing I was going to add is I've always, from the time that they were little and tuning into the well job, you'll learn about this, is having protocols for when they're under the weather. How do you manage that naturally? So I'm a big fan of, you know, more natural supplements. You know, if my child has an ear infection or is on the verge, I give them ear oil drops before I give them antibiotics. At least I try. Not all doctors, but a lot of them look at me like I'm a crazy person, but I will say most of the time it works if you just catch it. And what about, since you mentioned that, you know, you're uh, quite professional at breathwork, breathwork and meditation kind of go hand in hand. Did you introduce meditation to your children? And if you did, at what age? And like, do you do like daily breathwork or is it a weekly thing? So I do, for me, I'm not a meditator actually. Breath work to me is my meditation. So I do, I don't time it, but I would say it's probably about at least five to 10 minutes of breath work every morning and every night before I go to sleep. And so for my children, I try not even every night, I would say weekly to make sure that their breath and that their belly is breathing when they're breathing, because that's the most important part. A nice ritual that we started as a family is using diffusing essential oils. And that is a great way, especially when they start to go to school and they're around a lot of germs to help boost their immune system. So they would fill up the, you know, diffuser with the water, add a few drops. I would tell them, okay, only add two drops to, you know, the essential oil thing. And they would diffuse oils overnight in their bedroom and create a little spa-like environment. And now they even have some cool things where you can do that in the shower, you know, instead of these bath bombs that have a lot of chemicals in them, you know, there's a natural actual shower bomb um, from one of our interviews from Allison Kane. And you just drop in the shower and just creating that spa-like experience at home, I think is like a perfect way to start incorporating self-care into your house and making it feel fun and special. I'm going to actually try that soon because I, I got a, for the first time ever, I got a diffuser for my baby shower, for the baby, actually. <laughs> but we never had that at home. And oh, the, the yes. company that uh, makes it, they also have like a little stone uh, that you hang on your shower head as well for that shower-like spa experience. So I'm very intrigued. Oh, right. You might do, do a deep dive because there's so many oils. If you're doing a focus day and you want focus, you know, use a special oil for that. Or if you want it for at the end of the day, you want to relax and you can diffuse, you know, if it's lavender, a lot of times they have a combination of a few. I think you'll really enjoy it instead of a scented candle or big diffusers. For sure. Yeah, no scented candles in, in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, I just wanted to Ask about I just physical. Want to say that Anastasia loves hanging stuff from the <laughs> from the what's it called <laughs> from the shower head. I I I did this TikTok trend where I hang the eucalyptus fresh. Oh, I've seen that. Does it work? No, <laughs> no it doesn't. Uh, yes. So I think you it just looks- can get eucalyptus essential oils, put a few drops in your shower. Make sure you don't have the fan on, so like your bathroom actually gets steamy. And there you go. That's funny. That doesn't work. It looks pretty, though. I know. I know. I was so excited to try that. It looks so pretty. But yeah, in a day, the eucalyptus no longer smells like eucalyptus. (laughs) So, and I mean, it's very sensitive to smells. So he was like, please take it out. (laughs) Last thing I wanted to ask about physical activity for your children. Are there any hobbies that you specifically chose for them because you felt like I don't know, it's really good for overall body mechanics or was there like, or just did you let them choose? So is it even like part of your, you know, well-being plan for your children? Yeah, so we are a super active family because of me. I always say I have ants in my pants. I am like very active. My husband, I love him, but sometimes he can be a couch potato, but he totally gets in line and he comes and hangs out with us and then he thanks me later. You know, I wasn't necessarily, I allowed my children to sort of guide what they were into. I think when they were very little, a fun gym class is great for you know, getting their balance together. And it's a really good way for them to kind of like play around with bars and there's a beam. That's from when they're really little. And then my son happened to be extremely sporty. So he, if anything, he loves all sports. He's a basketball, baseball, football, tennis, you name it, he's into it. 
And my daughter is actually a little bit different. She's a little bit more creative. So she's always enjoyed gymnastics, but not necessarily to the extent that she wants to do it multiple times a week. She likes tennis. She happens to be a very good runner. So she would, I did the marathon two years ago. So while I was training, she was, I think, six at the time. And she would come with me and we would do sprint practices together. And so incorporating that with your kid, right? If you happen to be a runner, whatever you it is, I think is a really fun way. So she would like ask me like, mommy, let's go do sprints. And even if I wasn't really wanting to do sprints, I would just pretend and just having her run and just getting your heart rate up and sweating, I think is a really good natural detoxifier for children in general. And I will add that, uh, you know, we're asked a lot of the times when we get interviewed, obviously, what are some free tips or what are some other things that people don't expect to improve skin health and laxity and whatever that is, right? Collagen, hyperpigmentation that you wouldn't think of. And sprints and the the ability to exert uh, anaerobic energy. So like um, high intensity interval training, for example, actually improves skin laxity so well, that's you know, great to know she was onto something there <laughs> she's gonna have great skin then i mean that yeah, is exactly. funny because i um work out i've never been a trainer person i've always been a class person hence equinox i love the equinox in their classes and they didn't have one near me either so i found a new gym and they always say when your my face starts to turn pink, like, oh, it's working, rosé all day. Like, okay, we're in the zone, right? When you're doing a hit class, like here, this is the zone we want to be in. Um, but that is so interesting about sprints. I think sprints is, um, it's really underrated. I read an amazing sprinting book and it's great, especially as you age, that you can just run sprints for 12 minutes at intervals. And that can be equivalent to, I think it's like an hour of running at the same pace. So again, back to like the biohacking, right? Okay, like, do you want to spend an hour at the gym if you're going to get the same results in 12 minutes? I'll take the 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. But also just to add about skin benefits, in, in general, any class that pushes you to sweat it out, just the, the, the sweating, it's, it's actually very healthy for the skin as long as you wash your skin afterwards. Right, but you detoxify, pores. yeah, you just um, let the detoxification process to take place. But it's very important to wash your skin afterwards and rehydrate. Yeah, that just just from the uh, maybe the again the longevity nerd standpoint, you know, if we talk about the skin, yeah, fantastic. Like we dilate blood vessels, we get some adrenaline, testosterone, and growth hormone that raise are very very important for skin health. But you mentioned like longevity and um, you know as you age, anything that allows you to contract your hip flexors like uh, very quickly is extremely important because one of the things that are literal life changers are the inability to catch yourself before you fall. Like um, mm-hmm. people like P- Peter Atia, obviously, people who are gerontologists, people who, you know, I'm talk reading about his what, book right now. <laughs> it's, an, it's, it's a nice book. I mean, he's a very interesting, like, mix of allopathic medicine. He prescribes to a lot of things that maybe I'm not going to be, like, a big fan of, like statins. But in general, I think, you know, people like him, like David Sinclair, like Jeffrey Gladden. Anyway, these people are what you can learn from them, aside from the knowledge there is really how to convey the knowledge, which later on, again, like if you have a podcast, if you have if you just want to benefit other people's lives, it's very, very important to um, convey. But bottom line, like once you break your hip or something like that, you're you're and you're, you know, over like 60, 70, 80, your life has completely changed. Like there is a ticking clock from now until until you die. So Oh, absolutely. I actually broke my foot two years ago after I ran the marathon and then the half marathon. And I thought there was a correlation. Like, oh, my bones must be weak. Like what's happening? I'm only 41. And there happened to be no correlation. It just happened to be a total freak thing that I landed a certain way. I'd have a high arch and it just snapped. And I had never broken a bone before and I could not, I had, well, they gave me a boot after a few weeks, but I couldn't do anything. And even the muscle atrophy of that, and even though I continue to actually work out, but it's not the same, obviously you can't work out to the same level as if you have two feet that are normal and working, it was pretty jaw dropping. And I think you lose a large percent of your muscle mass just in like a week or two of like no movement. 
And um, hopefully that'll start to get more and more highlighted for people because again, like I want to be able to play with my grandkids and my great grandkids and get on the floor. And if you watch the blue zones, you see them, they don't even have furniture in their houses in the different areas and they're sitting on the floor and getting up and it's really, really important. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, I think this was such yeah. an enlightening conversation. And I think we, we touched so many amazing points for, for people to draw inspiration from. So and thank we, you for having me. It's always fun talking to both of you. We are very, very thankful that you gave us your, so much of your time and you shared so many actionable advices. And I sure hope our listeners um, check out the WellDraw podcast to learn more and to do a deeper dive on some of the topics we mentioned. Yes, and I can't wait to hear how your scheduling goes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Amber, again, everything's going to be in the show notes. If anyone's you know listening to it, to this podcast right now and, and can't write things down. Uh, everything's going to be um, segmented. So check that out. Amber, thank you for, you know, the advocacy you're doing for us, for, for Young Goose, for the information that you share on, on your podcast. You're really incredible. And, and we, you. we appreciate you as a, as a community also, as the biohacking community, yes. we appreciate you. And I appreciate you guys. I of course, all of my friends, I gifted them Young Goose last year. And I will tell you, they thank me all the time. The eye serum. Listen, everyone wants to feel good from the inside out. So Amen. keep on doing all what right. you're doing and excited for more times ahead, guys. Amen. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, everyone. That was a fantastic conversation. Before we end today's episode, I'm going to take some time to answer some listener questions. If you want your questions addressed in a future episode, please leave it in a, in a review on Apple Podcasts, and we will make sure to answer it next time. So question number one actually was a, a comment on a different uh, episode, and the question was, can leaky gut cause rosacea? First of all, yes, the connection between gut health and skin conditions like rosacea is a growing area of interest in dermatology in general. And while direct causal links are still being studied, some evidence suggests that, the, that intestinal permeability, what we commonly call leaky skin, can exacerbate or potentially trigger inflammatory skin conditions, including rosacea. So yeah, the short answer is yes. The second question is, can stress cause oily skin? So the answer is absolutely. Stress triggers a chemical response in your body, leading to an increased production of cortisol, which can cause your glands to overproduce oil, alongside some other things that accompany it and, and can exacerbate acne. But, but yeah. So the third question is, which sunscreen is best for my face? So in general, opt for a mineral-based, zinc oxide-based broad-spectrum sunscreens. They protect against both UVA and UVB rays, which are responsible for premature aging, sunburns, discoloration, and even um, skin cancer. Having said that, most of us, you know, humans were designed to be outside for about 80% of their day. That's how we evolved. And, you know, kind of uh, avoiding the sun when it's high up in the sky and very and, and very harsh. And um, right now in the wet, in Western society, most people are in, indoors about 95 to 97% of the time. So you can see why, maybe you can see where I'm going with this, but what we have, you know, concentrated on when we developed our sunscreen, which is BioShield SPF 40, is giving you the the coverage that you need and that is important as far as protecting against UV rays. But actually more important than that is that we in the Western society actually age more from other types of uh, environmental aggressors, such as artificial light, blue light, such as pollutions, heavy metals, EMFs, pollutants, I wanted to say. So all of those things actually cumulatively age you more in the Western world than UV rays would just because you're exposed to them more and your body did not evolve to deal with them. So when we designed BioShield SPF 40, we actually addressed all of those things as well. Shielding the skin from blue light, artificial blue light, which is much stronger than what you get from the sun, 
you know, shielding it from the harmful effects of EMF, of free radicals that are carbon or nitrogen based, which are from burning, you know, materials, and also from heavy metals and, and things like that. So again, not necessarily more important, but important in the same degree is protecting the skin against those things. And that is if you want to use Young Goose products, if you opt to use other products, which is completely fine. Look for sunscreens that combine, again, 100% mineral sunscreen, 100% of their protectant is zinc oxide based, and that combine an antioxidant with it of some sort. That would be a good place to start. So if you'd like your question, question answered on the podcast, you can ask it in a review on Apple Podcasts. And we will be sure to address it on one of our next episodes. But that's all we have for you for today. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you here next time.